I read a statistic that millennials and Generation Z will outnumber uh, baby boomers in this next election. Mm-hmm. So that'd be so cool to see the future determined by the future. Mm-hmm. That's really my main goal. So welcome back to episode four of The Nest. Today we are joined by Maria Victoria Chacon. Uh, MV is the co-founder and chapter leader of Students Demand Action here in South Florida. She has also started her own initiative here at school, which is registering voters during lunch. So MV, say what's up to the people. Hello, everyone. So first off, how um, how did you first get in, uh, get involved with voter registration? Voter registration has been a little later on to my like political journey. Um, over the summer, I met some people that were involved with March for Our Lives, and they just put up on their story who wants to register voters. It's a pretty like a uh, small knit community of activists in South Florida, so everyone kind of seems to know everyone. And um, yeah, I knew uh, voting was really the only way you can create change, so. Yeah, it just seemed like an obvious step. So I started working with the Florida Democratic Party and um, just volunteering with nonpartisan registration. So I'll register anyone of any party. I just want people to go out and participate. So was it something that you, before you started, was it a goal that you had? You were like, okay, I eventually want to start doing this. Or was it something that you just, through the power of social media, you found it and you're like, this is something I want to do? Or can you kind of... Yeah, yeah, it's kind of just been a journey, really. Like, um, I started getting politically educated in eighth grade during the Trump and Hillary elections. Um, And, uh, yeah, kind of through there, every single year, every sort of, like, big national conflict, I've learned more about this country's, like, politics and history. And everything has just been step by step. So, yeah, it just happened to fall in my lap, and that's how I started getting involved with that specifically. But, but yeah, everything has just been learning and um, day by day. And what, what would you say you want to achieve with an initiative like this? Well, with this specifically, I really want to get youth participation, um, make sure that people my age are going to be determining the future as we'll be living in it. Um, so it's interesting to see um, people that I know may not be that... Um, involved in politics actually register and just do at least that like that's the bare minimum you can do is um be an active citizen participate in our democracy um and if you don't want to organize and advocate cool but everyone has a cause that they believe in Mm -hmm. and that's the only way that you can really like see yourself represented in government Mm -hmm. so So you would say that your your main goal is to Bring up voter turnout, you would say? Yeah, I would love to see, because I read a statistic that millennials and Generation Z will outnumber uh, baby boomers in this next election. Mm-hmm. So that'd be so cool to see the future determined by the future. Mm-hmm. That's really my main goal. And what are some obstacles you've had to, to kind of go through with this initiative? Maybe hesitation from a third party or yourself hesitation, something like that? Um, a lot of A lot of my struggle comes from people not really caring Mm -hmm. about the youth um, and like what they have to say, not really putting a big um, emphasis on it. So when I first tried to go to admin, my first um, sort of setback 
was, oh, we already have this program. Seniors register to vote um, in their civics class in mm-hmm. eighth grade, in, excuse me, in senior year. Um, but that wasn't enough. Like, mm-hmm. you can pre-register once you're 16 so that you're set by the time you turn 18. And so there's this whole other um, demographic of students that are not being, um, like... Registered. Yeah, they're not being registered, and these will also be voters. They'll be set by the time that it, like, their time comes. So I just thought it was kind of negligence and some sort of just lack of caring and mm-hmm. interest um, in what it is that we have to say. Mm-hmm. And what, what's something you would say you've learned about the student body here at Doral from, through this initiative? Maybe something that before you, you didn't know about like your, your classmates, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Through this initiative, what have you learned about? Well, we're still really early on mm-hmm. into this. Um, but I have, I have seen a lot of students have been interested in what's going on in politics, but don't really have a way of expressing it. Like if I register voters and they start asking about my opinions, they have things to say too, but they don't really feel the need to have to share it. Like they don't care about putting it on their social media or talking about it with other students. But once a topic comes up, they start speaking passionately and talking about different causes they, they care about. So hopefully this sort of wakes up a little bit um, everyone's political side mm-hmm. and everyone feels that they have some sort of platform to say what they have to say. So you think that one of the biggest things about this initiative would be the, the discourse that you have throughout. Mm-hmm. Maybe because a lot of us are just kind of like math, reading, whatever. Yeah, It's the news, just whatever. We have like our own um, kind of like uh, perspectives to say and then just... We don't really have a way to, since you said a lot of people don't think we have a valid opinion on things, you think that's one of the biggest things about this, that you get to kind of share it. Maybe you don't agree with somebody that you're friends with and, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so I think you, you bring up an interesting point with that. You think it's, we have to do a better job of of kind of letting younger people, people our age, voice their mm-hmm. political opinions? Yeah, for sure. I think... It's super cool to hear people from all sides um, because I know we're still young and a lot of the things I think of may be shaped by my parents or or things like that. But to start to see that shift, that people are forming their own opinions and being able to um, talk with students. I I have friends that like their parents are hardcore Republicans, but then they themselves are Democrats and pretty left leaning. And it's because of the different conversations that they're having with people their age and people from different backgrounds. So um Hopefully this can open up a place of conversation um, where everyone can share their opinions and um, feel represented in any way, really. And do you find it hard to to have these conversations with people sometimes, maybe it's with people that, especially that people you don't agree with, because it's such a, a volatile, like, it's such a, t- a touchy subject yeah. nowadays. You, do you find it hard to have these conversations, or is it just easy for you? Um it's a little difficult. It's easy in the sense of people expect it from me. Um, I've kind of been known to be a little like mm-hmm. loud when it comes to my political opinions. So um, it's been cool that people want to know what I have to say. But it's difficult in the sense of speaking to people that disagree with me because of my more left-leaning poli- um, <laughs> policy sort of. It's been difficult to speak with people that disagree with me because it's people's lives on the line. Mm-hmm. And um, the things I agree with may be more generous and more of an investment than some people are willing to make. Mm-hmm. But it's it's hard to see people kind of deny the existence of 
a certain group or not really give them the same opportunity. Mm -hmm. Um, But with that, I really just try to... Emotion is, like, big when it comes to um, left-leaning politics. It's hard to get people to relate to someone they've never met or someone they've only heard about in in headlines. Mm -hmm. But I think as long as we're interacting with people that are very different than us, I've had nice opportunities to talk to people from all over the U.S., that are so, so different from me. Mm-hmm. Miami's pretty homogenous when it comes to Latinos. Um, but, but yeah, just really learning other experiences has been nice and, like, been able to keep me well-rounded, in my opinions. And and I think you brought up something very interesting because since Miami is so, you would say, we're kind of in this, like, Hispanic mm-hmm. little bubble, Yeah, a lot of people, especially, like, on the national level, they'll think, okay, L- Latinos and Hispanics, they vote one way. Mm-hmm. What have you learned from, uh, you know, how, basically, how do, how do you think um, Hispanics in Miami are different from the rest of the country? Um, well, Miami is really interesting because a lot of the Hispanics are from South America. As compared to the rest of the world, a lot of it is from Mexico. Yes, of course, you have South America, but it's a very different experience, Um because of like the Cuban and Venezuelan population mm-hmm. here, we have that fear of socialist and left-leaning politics, and we tend to group them in a bubble. That's not unique to um, Latin voters, but we do like to put, well, some people would like to put um, like any Democrat as a socialist or something extreme like that. But I think if we can put our trauma aside, because I know what happened in Cuba and what's happening in Venezuela, um, is immensely traumatic and can be um, determining how you're voting here today. But we have to see that they're very different countries. Like, you can't compare a developed country like United States to something in South America. Like, they're, mm-hmm. they're very different, and the stability in government, although it may not seem like it, is also very different. So mm-hmm. how things can run um, in practice will end up being more, in my opinion, like the European Union than it would mm-hmm. be South America. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. So, um, to kind of touch upon, how do you get involved with and uh, with Students Demand Action? Well... Okay. And if you could kind of tell us what it is for people yeah. okay. listening who don't know. So, Students Demand Action for Gun Sense in America is a nonprofit organization that works to raise awareness towards gun violence and try to promote legislation to control um, the issues in America. Um I got started three days after Parkland, mm-hmm. um, so as many people were um, just like sad or frustrated, or as some people maybe just swept it aside because it's not the first instance, um, my mom, she just happened to bring me to a Moms Demand Action meeting, which is another organization that we work with, and um, they brought students from Parkland, and this was just three days after the shooting, mm-hmm. and um, it was a unique experience to be able to live so close. So I, I felt like I was personally affected after Parkland. I came to school the next day, like trying to think of escape routes, mm-hmm. imagining goodbye texts to parents. Um, and then to hear students that actually lived through it. Um, and I feel like that was just immensely inspirational and, and very moving that I couldn't just like go home and then like go back to doing my routine. Um, before this, I was into theater and now like my all of my priorities completely shift to politics and things these issues that are not being um, addressed by our politicians and by our adults. So um, 
that day there was some other students there that hadn't gone to Parkland and we just started talking about the ring of students demand action Mm -hmm. and how those that are being affected now should be the ones that are trying to make the change like we can't be relying on other people um and yeah so really my main partner is Juliana Simone um she's my co-chapter lead and we work together to try to create meetings to educate the public on um what it what gun violence really is in America I feel like we have pretty bad idea of it. We think it's just mass shootings and school shootings when really it's suicides and urban city violence. Um, so yeah, we started through there. Um, we started recruiting students. I had different students from Doral Academy come up to me and say, I want to get involved. And yeah, we've really just been organizing. We talk to politicians and tell them this is the policy that we want to see passed. And um and yeah, it's been a very unique experience. And and I'm interested in in how do you get something like that off the ground? Like how how much time, how much effort, how committed you have to be to the cause mm-hmm. to want to not only start something like that? Because I feel like a lot of people have the idea. They're like, okay, maybe I want to start this. I want to start this, mm-hmm. but actually putting it forward. Yeah. How 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 excruciating is that? Yeah. Well. Luckily, Students Demand Action has the foundation of Moms Demand Action in every town. So these are two organizations that started after Sandy Hook, so a good five, six years ago. Um, So thankfully, we had some sort of foundation. So when we first started, we had Moms uh, Moms Demand Action volunteers say, what what do you need? So um, they told us about the certain laws that were going on, so like universal background checks, red flag laws. So now we have a little foundation as to how the gun violence prevention movement already is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, it's just trying to use your community connections. So we had our first meeting at a church that donated their space to us, and it was just because one person knew somebody. And then um, we had volunteers come in because um, one of our members, their mom, is involved in Mom's Demand Action. Mm-hmm. So it's really just having connections, and um, the commitment is intense because it's very hard to get people who don't care to care. So our meetings are often empty and it's the same people coming. But if it's if you're not, if you're not doing it, no one else is gonna be doing it for mm-hmm. you. So that's really where the commitment comes and um, and there's a lot of support in like the young activists here. So students demand action, Miami, we're just one chapter, but we have connections to other chapters. So if we're ever feeling down we can talk to Students Demand in Orlando, and they'll say, oh, we tried doing this and this, and um, more people ended up coming out, or um, or we can talk to March for Our Lives. Their chapters are also really helpful, and it's nice to work together, and the resources that we have make it easy to sort of move forward, but um, it's really just a commitment to the cause, and um, seeing the passion of other people really helps drive me as well. And, and you mentioned that it, you said it was hard to get people to care who don't care. Do you think it's that most people just they just don't care, or do you think it's just some people they don't see they don't see a hope that there's gonna ever be mm-hmm. a change? They not necessarily that they don't want it. They're just like, listen, like I'm not even gonna bother because it's never gonna come. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's a lot when it comes to like negligence that people have. Um, even myself with gun violence, it's happening every single day. Mm-hmm. And every day there's a new headline, so and so many people killed in this movie theater, in this church, in this anything. So it's immensely discouraging. Um, 
but it's just because of the people around me, that community of um, people that are self-motivated and they'll see something they'll see something on the news and that's what motivates them. For me, that's what discourages me. But to see their passion is what gets me to keep going. So I do have a unique position in like politics that I'm able to surround myself with this. But, um, but yeah, it's really difficult to have to um, try to incite passion in people who just see the issue and brush it off. And even myself, I didn't really care about gun violence until it happened mm-hmm. in Parkland. And that was really close to me and I felt personally affected and that's how most people really get into the into the fight so so yeah it definitely it takes a lot to get people to care you have to see it in your face like that and unfortunately Parkland wasn't close enough for some people so some people may not care until it happens in their own family and I I don't want that to happen I'm trying to stop this but if that's what it takes for you to wake up that's really a shame yeah and and you think it's something that it's happened so many times that we just kind of like we're numb to it like it's just another headline we just go past it and what do you think the role of social media is in all of this do you think it has a detrimental role or do you think we could use social media to promote causes like this and and kind of um educate people yeah social media definitely has both its good and bads um and it's bad is that we're constantly getting headlines of new issues and we're always seeing police brutality videos or Um, Snapchat videos of students inside the classrooms. It gives us a lot more media and that is used for bad in the whole discouraging sense, but students demand action and a lot of youth-led movements have been using social media for its advantage um, so that you can get messages out quickly. That's how we do a lot of our promotions for our meetings and that's how we get people to hear about us and even if they can't come to our meetings, you're going to see me on your timeline Mm -hmm. saying that this many people were killed and that you should care. So it's it's been cool that we use it to reach out to other people and um, get more people to constantly hear about it, but it it could be used in in the negative sense of just constant news and constant bad news um, being really discouraging. Yeah, and to kind of wrap up, um, where do you want to be in ten years? Oh God, where do I want to be in ten years? That's a big question. Um, well. I'd like to hopefully get closer to a solution in gun violence. Um, and I, my passion really is helping people. So if I can get more involved in politics or in nonprofit organizations and use my platform and my privilege and everything I have to make the world a better place, um, that's what would be making me happy for 10 years and for the rest of my life. All right, awesome. Um, Envy? Thank you for coming on. If you guys aren't registered to vote and you're interested, Envy, please tell them where they could reach out to you. You can find me every Tuesday, a lunch in the cafeteria, or if you just see me in the hallways, I will happily register you wherever. We'll make it work. Okay, awesome. Um, anything you want to plug, Instagram, Twitter? Um, yes, please go follow Students Demand Action Miami on Instagram at Students Demand Miami and on Twitter at SDA underscore Miami. All right, sounds good. Thank you for listening to episode four of the Nest. Um, MV, thank you for coming on. It's always a it's always a fun conversation thank you with for you. Having me. It's been a pleasure. Um, we'll catch you next time.